Greetings, saints of God. This is Pastor Monty Lester of the Cedar Grove Church, and there is a word from heaven for you today. Uh, today, I want to call your attention to the book of Psalms, Psalms 20, verse number seven. I only have one verse today, Psalms 20, verse number seven. And the word of God reads from the New King James translation, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord, our God. And today, the Lord and I want to minister from the subject simply trust in the Lord, trust in the Lord. Let us look to the Lord. Let's say a quick prayer real quickly. Uh, Heavenly Father, we love you. We worship you. We adore you. We thank you for this magnificent moment in time. Even when things are going uh, as not as we all desire them to go, we understand that you're still on the throne. And Lord, we thank you for every provision that you've provided to allow this moment to take place. We thank you for seminary training, oh God. We thank you for uh, the hours of study, oh God. Uh, but you are the final editor of this message. Take out what needs to be taken out, put in what needs to be put in so that you may minister to these, your people. I'm gonna say thank you now because you are faithful. It's in the name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen, amen, amen. Again, trust in the Lord. And today uh, I wanna talk about trust. Trust is defined by Webster's as to firm, the firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of something or someone. Let me say that again. Trust is defined by Webster's as the firm belief in the reliability, the truth, the ability, or strength of something or someone. Uh, trust is synonymous with these words, confidence, belief, faith, sureness, certainty, certitude, assurance, conviction, and reliance. And when you think about this word called trust, uh, as we look at these times during uh, this month of March uh, 2020, we understand that we've put our trust in a number of things. And what the Lord wants us to do today is to transition our trust from the carnal things to the character of Christ. That's the whole sermon right there. God bless you. Good night. Uh, to transfer our trust from carnal things to the character of Christ. A lot of times we put our trust in a number of things. Uh, we put our trust uh, in uh, the job market, the stock market. Uh, we put our trust in our cash, our clout, our connections, um, our, our careers. Uh, we put our connections in all those things that it even provides, uh, cars, clothes, cribs. Uh, but I want to challenge you today to put your trust in the character of Christ. Why is that? Because believe it or not, all of these things, as we've been so recently reminded, all of these things pass away. All of these things uh, are shifty, they're shaky, uh, they're not solid. Um, these things that we've been recently reminded that we put our trust in can often fade in the blink of an eye. One thing I love about the Lord is that he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. God can be trusted. Amen. God can be trusted. He can be trusted in every situation in life. There's nothing that is too hard for God. As a matter of fact, he can be trusted because he is reliable. That's his character. He can be trusted because he knows all things. He's not trying to consult a team of consultants. Uh, he doesn't have to consult Congress. He doesn't have to do anything. He's God all by himself. And because he's seen the end from the beginning, because he is omniscient and because he's all powerful, he is all powerful. He, he can change whatever situation that we're dealing with. And as a consequence, we can put our trust in him. As a matter of fact, uh, you've heard this Proverbs chapter three, verse number five says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. 
In this season of uncertainty, when we have more questions than answers, in this season of uncertainty, when we have trusted in other things, when we've trusted in our jobs, when we've trusted in our, our, our wealth, when we've trusted even in our own health, God is saying in this season, put our trust back in him. As a matter of fact, again, he can be trusted. Uh, Paul put it this way in Romans chapter 8, uh, verse number 35. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress? or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. He goes on to say, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, shall be able to separate us from the love of Christ, which is in Christ Jesus. I want to remind you that regardless of what's going on, God loves you. And God has a plan for you. And God is working all things together, as Paul said in Romans 8 and 28, in that same chapter. He's working all things together for the good of those who love him, for the called according to his purpose. Does anybody know there's a purpose in this pain? Uh, there's a purpose in this predicament? There's a purpose in what we're going through and what we're seeing in this season. So that brings me to the text today. Uh, and again, I just want to remind us to trust in God, to trust in the Lord. Uh, the text here is in Psalm 20. Uh, this is a Psalm of David. And many of you know David. We all are familiar with David. Uh, David was a warrior, a worshiper, and a writer. He was a warrior. Uh, David was such a warrior that when he wanted to build God a church, uh, uh, he couldn't even do it. His son Solomon had to do it because he had so much blood on his hand. Uh, David, uh, he was a warrior. Uh, when he comes on the scene, he's fighting Goliath in 1 Samuel chapter 17. He was a warrior, but not only was he a warrior, he was also a worshiper. Uh, David was known for loving God. Uh, he was a man after God's own heart. He was a worshiper. Uh, uh, he wanted to do the things that please God uh, in public as well as in private. Uh, David was a worshiper, but not only was David a warrior and a worshiper, but he was also a writer. As a matter of fact, David would go through certain scenes in his life. He'd go through certain experiences, and as a consequence of those experiences, he would uh, write a psalm or a song about those experiences. Uh, David, uh, uh, some of you know David. Uh, David taught us, um, taught us some things through his psalms. He taught us how to face our fears. As a matter of fact, in Psalm 27, he said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When my enemies, my foe, and the wicked came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. And though a whole ship rise up against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Here it is, verse 20 in uh, Psalm 27. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me, and he shall set me up on a rock. He taught us how to face our fears. Not only that, he taught us how to handle our haters. In Psalm 37, he tells us to fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thy envious of the workers of iniquity, for soon they shall be cut off and wither as the green herb. Here it is. Trust in the Lord and do good, and verily thou shall be fed. He taught us how to handle our haters, and he even told, told us about uh, uh, the safety of the shepherd. This is Psalm 23 in your Bible, and I believe everybody knows this one. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Uh, he leadeth me beside the still waters. Uh, he maketh me to lie down, uh, but it's always in a green pasture. And yea, though I walk through the valley and the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. David taught us all of those things. He taught us how to face our fears. He taught us how to handle our haters. And he taught us about the safety and security of the shepherd. But here in Psalm 27, 
uh, David is telling us uh, about, uh, once again, just reminding us to trust in the Lord. David is telling us once again that we can trust in the Lord. What is he saying? I'm glad you asked. Here it is right here, because here he's telling us as we go deeper in the word today that we can trust the Lord in three things that this text highlights. First of all, for direction. We can trust God for direction, divine direction. Anytime we're taking on a new challenge, a new assignment, uh, going into unknown territory, uh, whenever we're facing a battle, uh, we need divine direction. We need divine direction. Uh, we need divine direction uh, uh, from a reliable, trustworthy source. And what David is recommending here and what David is saying is that we can trust in the Lord. He's saying that here because, believe it or not, God is omniscient. He knows all things. And here at the time of the text in this particular setting, uh, in Psalms 20, uh, this is a, a pep rally before battle uh, where the children of Israel um, all of God's people, as well as David, who was the king, uh, got together with the priest. Catch that. With the priest, uh, the man of God, uh, that they may have a spiritual pep rally before going into battle. Uh, they wanted to all come together in unity uh, to connect not only with one another, but also to connect with God uh, for God's protection, for his direction uh, during this time of battle. And what he was saying here is that uh, he was not going to rely on his own strength. Again, Psalm 20, verse number seven, some put their faith in chariots and some in horses, but we would put our trust in the Lord. Uh, and what he's saying here is that uh, um, uh, they were getting ready to go into battle. Uh, they were facing uh, what they call a grave day of trouble. Uh, they were heading into war. Uh, the specific conflict is unknown, it's debatable amongst most theologians, theologians and scholars. Uh, but in the midst of all of that, um, um, he knew they were going into battle. And uh, during David's reign, he was flooded with battles. He fought all the time, as I previously mentioned. But David was the anointed king of Israel. And believe it or not, he was the one that when you were going into battle, everybody was after. He was the one that, uh, like Osama bin Laden, they had the target on his chest. If they could kill David, they knew if they chop off the head, the rest of the body would go. So in the midst of all of that, David came together. Uh, he didn't rely on his own strength. He didn't rely on uh, the wisdom of his uh, other men and leadership. Uh, he got together with the people as well as the priest to seek divine direction. And again, whenever we're going into battles, whenever we're facing unknown territory, whenever we're facing the challenges of this life, we can learn from David. We can get divine direction from God. Uh, we can seek his face and he will hear and he will answer. He would tell us what we need to do in those situations. And that's what David did. He uh, went and he sought the Lord. As a matter of fact, his son Solomon even picked it up later on in his reign when he began to rule and became the king of Israel. He uh, didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for wealth. He didn't ask for popularity. He didn't ask for all the things that we would typically ask for. Uh, Solomon asked, he said, Lord, give me the wisdom and knowledge that I may lead your people in the direction that you would have them to go. And then this time, this is what God is calling us to do. Instead of trusting and relying on our own intelligence, we thank God for our training. We thank God for our education. We thank God for all the things that he's given us. But believe it or not, uh, God has recently reminded us that all of those things 
None of those things will, uh, uh, can help us in certain situations. And what we need to do in those situations is trust in the Lord, trust in him for direction, but not only trust in him for direction, but trust in him for protection. Uh, number two, trust in him for protection. Because uh, the psalmist said here in Psalms 20, going again, verse number seven, some put their trust in horses. Mm, some put their trust in chariots. Uh, during that time uh, uh, of war, uh, a horse uh, or a chariot, uh, that was the main means for military might. Uh, uh, most theologians believe that they were fighting the Assyrians during this time who were known for having a vast array of horses and chariots at their disposal. And when you're fighting somebody that had all of that stuff at their disposal, then you are considered the underdog. Uh, you were considered not to have good, um, good odds of winning that particular situation. But what I've learned about the Lord is that what David is saying here is that although you may be the underdog, uh, the God I serve, he will give you divine protection. Uh, David was being protected by the hand of the Lord. As a matter of fact, it was commanded of David uh, in Deuteronomy 17 and 18 to tell us not to put our confidence uh, in, <clears throat> not to put our confidence in the horses, not to put our confidence in uh, chariots, but to put our confidence in the Lord. And that's what David is saying here. Some put their confidence in horses, some put their confidence in chariots, but we will put our trust in the name of the Lord our God. We're trusting on God. Guys, believe it or not, again, uh, some of those things that we've trusted in, we've been recently reminded, those things can't be trusted. Uh, we look at news conferences every day, and we don't know uh, whose word to take. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, most people are giving their best guess. They're trying to understand. They don't know how long it's gonna, this thing is going to last. They don't know uh, the impact it's going to have on the economy. That they don't understand the impact it's going to have on our lives. But believe it or not, God already knows. He already knows the end from the beginning. And believe it or not, he knows what precautions we should take. He knows what precautions we shouldn't take. And even though you may take every precaution that's necessary, we still need the divine hand of God on our lives. Uh, even though we do wash our hands, although we do, uh, uh, do uh, take these sips of water and all these other suggestions that people are giving us, although we do take all of these pieces of advice, believe it or not, you can do all of that and still uh, uh, catch this virus. Uh, but believe it or not, even if you don't do any of those things, um, which I'm not recommending, by the way, that you can still trust in God. God is the one who is our protector. He is the source of our strength. He's the strength of our life. He's the one that can do all things. Even in this situation, uh, we're not uh, uh, putting our trust in all of these other things. We're putting our trust uh, in God, and God is our protector. Some of you remember, uh, and you've been to vacation Bible school at least one summer, you understand that God is a protector. As a matter of fact, many of you are familiar with Daniel, uh, who God had divinely protected while he was in the lion's den. Many of you are familiar with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the Hebrew boys that God had divinely protected when they were in the fiery furnace that had been heated up seven times hotter than it had ever been before. Uh, you remember God protecting during individual situations, but even in the midst of uh, divine judgment or in, in situations where an entire nation and everybody was under attack uh, in, in the days of Noah, when the flood came and hit the earth, God provided divine protection. As a matter of fact, he devised an ark. He gave Noah a plan and specific directions to follow that he saved his household and his children in the midst of complete and utter 
devastation. Uh, not only that, but even the children of Israel, when they were being delivered from the hand of Pharaoh in Egypt, God provided divine protection. And believe it or not, not only in those situations, but David himself, he experienced the divine protection of God. He experienced the divine protection of God when he was facing Goliath uh, in 1 Samuel 17. He experienced the divine protection uh, of God when he was facing Saul, all those chapters when he was running for his life. Uh, and believe it or not, here in Psalm 20, he's still reminded, you know what? If I need protection, I'm not relying on all these other sources. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm not relying on horses. I'm not relying on chariots. I'm putting my trust in the Lord. And somebody knows that you can, God can be trusted, uh, that you can put your trust in God and God will do just what he said he would do. As a matter of fact, in Psalms 91, it talks about that, uh, the divine uh, hand of God and how he will protect us. Uh, Though a thousand may fall on this side, 10,000 to our right, no harm shall come to thee. We won't be afraid of the arrow by day, nor the pestilence by night because God will cover us under our, his divine protection, under his wings. Does anybody know that God will protect you? God will do just what he said that he would do. Uh, so uh, just like David, uh, you understand too, this is not your first battle. Uh, you've survived SARS, uh, you've survived uh, all these other viruses and things that have hit the earth. And believe it or not, God is gonna make a way out of no way. And God can protect us even in this time. So we understand here, as David is saying, in Psalms 20, verse number seven, that some put their faith and their trust in horses, some put their trust in chariots, but we will put our trust in the Lord. As a matter of fact, as we were going through this, um, uh, uh, I understand the benefits of trusting in God, trusting in our Heavenly Father. Uh, some of you understand that I have kids now, uh, which is um, my favorite title. I thank God that I'm the pastor of the Cedar Grove Church. I thank God that I'm married to the most beautiful girl in my world, uh, uh, Tamara Lester. Uh, I thank God for a wonderful family, that I'm the son of James and Dolores Lester. Uh, I, I thank God that I'm Andre, Tamika, and Tony's brother. But believe it or not, the title that I'm most proud of is Father. Uh, uh, believe it or not, I will always be the father of Victoria, Olivia, MJ, and Joshua. And believe it or not, um, I know my job is to teach them things, uh, to instill values in them, to, to help tutor, teach, and train them in the direction that God would have them to go. Uh, but believe it or not, during this season, I've even learned some things from my kids. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've learned uh, 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 the benefit of having the hand of a protecting father over your life. Because one thing I've noticed about my kids is that they're not worrying about what's going on right now. Uh, they are thoroughly enjoying uh, their coronavirus vacation, if I may call it that. Uh, they are thoroughly enjoying not having to go to school. Uh, they're thoroughly enjoying being able to stay up even later at night. Uh, they're enjoying all of these things. And believe it or not, they're not worried about a thing. Uh, uh, they're not worried about a thing in this season. They're not worried about shelter. They're not worried about the necessities. Uh, they haven't asked one time, how much toilet paper do we have? Uh, they haven't asked anything. Uh, uh, they're not worried about nothing. As a matter of fact, they are 100% convinced that of the 18 times a day when they're hungry, that they will have food to eat. They're not worried about a thing. And although my kids have um, been tutored or trained most of their life in Christian school, I don't know whether or not they've read uh, Matthew 6 or not. 
Uh, Matthew 6 is where Jesus is teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, and he tells us specifically that we should not worry. Don't worry about what we're going to wear. Don't worry about uh, what we're going to eat because our Heavenly Father takes care of these things. And believe it or not, just like uh, they are not worried about what their earthly father is going to do, here it is. We shouldn't worry about uh, these things because we got a Heavenly Father that takes good care of all of his children. Does anybody know that God can handle all of that? Uh, so while we're going from place to place, uh, my God shall supply all our need according to his riches and glory, as Paul said in Philippians 4. God will take care of that. As a matter of fact, in Matthew 6, uh, it talks about the protection and the provision of God. That uh, It talks about, you know what, uh, even if God, God takes care of the sparrow, God takes care of the sparrow. That's those little cheap birds. And believe it or not, if his eye is on the sparrow, guess what? We should know that God watches over us. So again, the benefit of his protection is that we don't have to worry. We understand that we have a God who will protect us through all seasons of life. So as I get ready to close today, uh, I want you to understand that there are benefits and blessings of trusting in the Lord. First of all, we trust God for divine direction. Uh, secondly, we trust God for protection. And then thirdly, I want to talk about we trust God for salvation. Salvation. Uh, David goes on to say in Psalm 20 in the B clause of verse number seven, but we will put our trust in the name of the Lord. Let me say that again. We will put our trust uh, in the name of the Lord. Uh, other people put their trust in other things, but we will put our trust, I want to say that again, in the name of the Lord. Um, I want to let you know that we trust in God for salvation because believe it or not, um, the day will come. Uh, I believe that we will overcome uh, this coronavirus, this COVID-19 situation. I believe the day will come uh, when we will go back to life as usual. I believe the day will come with this season in our lives is a distant memory for most. But I believe also in the midst of all of that, that the day will come that everybody won't make it through the coronavirus situation. And then again, even if we do make it through the coronavirus situation, uh, I understand that death is coming to everybody. And what I want you to understand today is that we shouldn't miss what God is saying in this moment. God could have prevented this. He could have prevented all of that. But God let this season happen for a reason. And what I believe that God is doing is really trying to call the attention of everybody that will hear uh, that death is the common denominator of us all. Whether it's through coronavirus or whatever the season of life, uh, we may live another 20, 40, 60 years. But one day, uh, all of us will die. Ever since Adam sinned in the garden, death has been the destiny of everything that liveth. But I want to re remind you that uh, death has been decisively defeated. Uh, the reality of the resurrection is that Jesus is the son of God who hung, bled, and died uh, and paid the death penalty that we deserve, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but shall have everlasting life. So we thank God that, uh, uh, that Jesus has paid that price. And what God is saying in this season, catch this, uh, what God is saying in this season as it relates to salvation, God wants us all to be saved. God wants us all to receive the gift of salvation uh, through uh, accepting the fact that you were born a sinner, believe in Jesus as the Son of God that died for our sins, and making that confession with our mouths. Jesus is the name that is above every name. As a matter of fact, Paul put it this way in Philippians chapter 2, verses 10 through 11. 
uh, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Uh, every knee, regardless of what we put our trust in in times past, the day will come when we will stand before God. And, uh, and every knee, regardless of our political affiliations, regardless of um, everything else that we've put our trust in during this lifetime, everybody is going to have to meet Jesus for themselves. So the question to consider is, are you prepared to meet him? Have you received the gift of salvation, which is through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? God loves you, and he loves us so much that he gave us his best. John 3.16 says it this way, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. And that's what God wants for you. Uh, he wants you to be saved, and that's why he's allowed all of these things to happen that we've seen already in 2020. We've seen the death of athletes. Uh, we've seen the death of politicians. We've seen uh, uh, the death of all of these other things that we put our trust in. But our Bible tells us today in Mark chapter 8, verse number 36, that what profit a man if he should gain the world and lose his soul? Uh, what good is it if we gain all of these accolades and accomplishments on this side of eternity? Uh, gaining the world, uh, what good is it if the stock market returns and your 401k rises again or the value of all your investments are renewed and restored again? What good is any of that if you lose your soul? And what Jesus is saying today is that you should receive him as Savior, receive him as Lord, and not only just getting enough Christ to get out of hell free, uh, but surrendering your life to him. So I just believe, uh, again, that we should not miss uh, this moment of ministry. We shouldn't miss uh, what God is saying uh, to us during this time. What is God saying during this time? Uh, he's saying that we should get saved. He, 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 God loves us so much that he wants a relationship, just like any good father, any good parent. He wants a relationship with his children. And that's what God is saying today is that in this common denominator of us all, which is death, that death is going to usher us all into eternity. So the question to consider is, where will you spend eternity? Where will you spend eternity? Um, don't miss the message of this moment. Where will you spend eternity? Will you spend eternity in a place that uh, is called hell, where there's eternal damnation and torment? Or will you spend eternity in heaven, over there where the wicked shall cease from troubling, over there where the weary shall be at rest, over there where we don't have to worry about death, decay, disease, we don't have to worry about famine. We don't have to worry about disease and plague. We don't have to worry about any of these things. We will be forever at peace and in the presence of our Lord and our God. Uh, so if you're here and if you're hearing this message today, I just want to encourage you to receive Jesus. And if you haven't received him as your savior, uh, I just believe that God is up to something in this season. I believe he's allowed this um, plague for a reason. Uh, so that somebody somewhere who may have had Jesus as part of their life once upon a time can reconnect and be revived and be restored and be a part of the kingdom of Christ. So if you're here and you're hearing this message, uh, I want to give you an opportunity uh, to let Jesus come back into your life, uh, to initiate or to restore a relationship with a loving father, our Lord and our Savior. So if you're here, I want you to pray this simple prayer with me. Uh, and some of you may be praying it for the first time. Uh, and this is a prayer of salvation, to receive the gift of salvation, which is through the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you believe that you were born a sinner, 
if you believe that Jesus was the Son of God that died for your sins. I want to pray this simple prayer with you so that you can confess it with your mouth and receive the gift of salvation. Are you ready? Uh, pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me from my sins. I confess that I am a sinner, but I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and he died for me. So come into my heart, cleanse me of my sins, make me brand new, and I'll serve you to the best of my ability for the balance of my days. I receive you now in Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that simple prayer, again, we wanna encourage you to uh, let somebody know. That's the next step, let somebody know. Uh, tell your family members, uh, uh, tell uh, uh, a church member, or and if you don't have a church, believe it or not, uh, I just believe God is doing something new in this season with new technology that we can actually connect. Uh, you can download the Cedar Grove app. It's, it's in the church center and just look for Cedar Grove. Uh, download the app on your Android or iPhone device. And believe it or not, you can connect, uh, use the connect card and tell somebody about your choice to receive Christ as your Lord. And with that being said, uh, take the next step, which is uh, you've already been saved. Your soul has been saved because you prayed that prayer and believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth. Your soul is saved now. But believe it or not, we want to uh, let you do an outward expression which, of what has taken place on the inside, and that's by water baptism. So we want you to do that. We want you to be baptized. Uh, so if you need a place to be baptized, again, you can connect with us through either our Facebook, our Cedar Grove app, uh, and we will work with you. Amen. Uh, and there are some people that are listening to this video uh, that I may never meet on this side of eternity. Uh, I don't know how long this will last. I don't know uh, if you're listening to this 10, 20, 30 years after it's been recorded. I don't know if I'll still be living by the time your ears hit this. But if I don't meet you on this side, I look forward to meeting you in heaven. And I would love to give you a holy hug in heaven uh, and to say, you know what, because of this broadcast, I've made heaven my home. So we're praying with you and we thank God for you. But in the midst of all of this, we're challenging you to trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not into thine own understanding. Some put their trust in horses, some put their trust in chariots, but we will put our trust in the Lord. God bless you. May he forever keep you is our prayer. It's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.